Okay, first today. of all, I'd like to welcome everybody to uh, Insight Peterborough. And uh, it's a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. If you want to know anything more about the CCB, as it is affectionately known, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Actually, uh, we are having our monthly meeting this coming Thursday at uh, 10.30 at the Lions Center. So if you want to uh, pop in and see what we're all about, uh, then you're more than welcome to do that. Or, as I say, you can write to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. So, Bob, you managed to get uh, past the... um, uh, losing, uh, well, losing time, I guess, uh, springing forward, did you? Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I think they should get rid of that whole idea. But you know what? Uh, but you survived. <laughs> I did survive. Okay. Uh, I changed all the clocks, but you know, the most difficult Snuggle up to the mic. The most difficult was to change my dib- digital watch. That was the most difficult to change the time. I think I'm going to get a second watch, so I don't have to do that. Aren't they supposed to do it themselves? Well, mine doesn't. Really? Maybe, maybe the uh, the uh, CCB would have one that would do it on its own. I doubt it. <laughs> All right. Okay. We have a busy week uh, this week, uh, Bob. Uh, to begin with, it's Glaucoma Awareness Week. And we spoke with Doug Earle uh, a few weeks ago about uh, age-related macular degeneration month, but unfortunately there are several eye diseases. And this is Glaucoma Awareness Week, and here's my chat with Doug Earle, who is the Executive Director of Fighting Blindness Canada. All right. Well, first of all, Doug, welcome back to the program. I know you were here a few weeks ago, but it's good to see you again. Yes, I'm excited to be back. Maybe we could uh, begin uh, by uh, having you explain to us just briefly what uh, Fighting Blindness Canada is all about. Sure. Well, Fighting Blindness Canada is the leading funder of vision research in Canada. And our goal is to accelerate the discovery of treatments and cures for blinding eye diseases. Uh, We've been in, uh, we're formed actually 45 years ago. Um, It'll be 46 in a week, uh, 46 years ago. And uh, it it was a group of families that came together because their loved ones uh, were uh, living with a blinding eye disease. And and at the time they didn't know uh, what the biology was causing it, what the genes were. moment for 
And that's for retinitis pigmentosa, is it? Uh, it it's for the RPE65 gene, which uh, does uh, present itself. It does sort of present itself in, in two diseases. One is retinitis pigmentosa, and the other is uh, Liber amorosa um, congenital, that uh, LCA, that... Uh, um, and, and it, that gene is the one that affects the, it, it exhibits itself in those two diseases. Well, all sorts of good luck with that. That's terrific. And I, I do hope that uh, Health Canada will approve it this year. It would be very significant. Yes, absolutely. And then we have to get it publicly funded. Oh, yes. <laughs> so there's yeah. no economic barrier for people to access the treatment. Right, yeah. And, and that, that sets the precedent for all the innovative gene therapy, stem cells, uh, RNA disruptor uh, uh, treatments that are coming, that are in uh, clinical trials today, uh, that are coming through, uh, and we hope will become approved treatments very soon. All right, that'll be great. Mm -hmm. However, this is Glaucoma Awareness Week. Can you um, tell us what glaucoma is? Well, uh, glaucoma causes fluid buildup in your eyes. Uh, and that fluid buildup um, turns into pressure, which can damage your optic nerve. And, uh, and that nerve, the optic nerve, is what trans uh, sort of transfers visual images from your eye to your brain. Uh, and so it's a very, glaucoma is that pressure that's causing damage to the optic nerve and your ability to see. Does, uh, does that affect um, a central or a peripheral vision initially? is necessary then, eh? to getting an eye exam in most provinces? Not, not in most provinces uh, if you're over 65. Uh, the, your regular eye exam is covered by, by your provincial um, medical program, so OHIP in Ontario. Uh, but uh, if you're between the ages of 
it through your workplace. Ah, okay. So that there, there is that uh, financial uh, barrier uh, to people getting a regular eye exam. And, and for example, in Ontario, when the McGuinty government implemented uh, the, um, the, 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 the delisting really of OHIP services for, for a regular eye exam, uh, there was a 15 to 20% drop in the number of, of uh, people in Ontario getting an, an eye exam as a result. Oh, that's unfortunate. Very much so, especially when uh, for glaucoma, over 60, uh, it's encouraged, and unless you're in these three sort of higher risk groups, uh, uh, but also the other uh, leading causes of blindness, uh, diabetic retinopathy, um, age-related macular degeneration, and cataracts, are, are sort of, they all can get diagnosed early. And we have treatments available for people that, that would stabilize their sight, and it's successful in three out of four cases where you're diagnosed early enough that, that the treatments that research has delivered to date um, are able to stabilize your sight. So it, it's very important to get that regular eye exam. Well, would that treatment come mostly in the form of uh, eye drops? Yes, so uh, with glaucoma, uh, the, the treatments that are available today um, are, are prescription uh, eye drops, and it's very important that you, you know, take those drops uh, as, as uh, prescribed, so usually they're every day, uh, and that lowers your uh, pressure, uh, and, it, and it does uh, enable you to uh, stabilize your sight and, and uh, stop the damage being occurred. We, we don't today know how to repair the damage. That's why it's so important to get it diagnosed early. Uh, and, if, and if you're, for example, if you are uh, taking glaucoma medications and you're experiencing side effects, you should, should speak to your doctor. Uh, make sure that you go for regular checkups. Uh, and if and there is uh, some, if if your glaucoma was diagnosed later in in the disease progression, there is some. Uh, um, or low vision services or devices that could help improve your sight. Um, but, uh, but it is today, uh, there's, in fact, the first, uh, there's a new glaucoma medication that just came on the market um, the first time in 22 years. Wow. So, so there, is, uh, there is new options if uh, in the past uh, the medications weren't working for you. Yeah. Do you have any uh, special events planned for Glaucoma Awareness Week, or, or is it mostly uh, publicity? It, well, we are raising awareness. We have a, a social media campaign uh, planned. Uh, and uh, there's two other things that, uh, that we are participating in. Uh, the Canadian Organization of Rare Diseases is holding its uh, um, conference uh, every four years. They, uh, they hold the conference when uh, just in and around uh, Rare Disease Day of February 29th. Uh, so uh, I'll be in Ottawa uh, Monday to Wednesday uh, participating in that conference. Uh, and then the second big event that we have is uh, the results of our Canadian Vision 2020 Summit, uh, the consultation that we did in uh, the at the end of 2019 and, and through 2020, uh, culminating in the, in the summit on February 12th in Ottawa. Uh, the white papers that were uh, draft going into the summit. So we've taken all the feedback from the, the conversations that took place that day, uh, the uh, over 350 Canadians that uh, provided feedback online, 
and uh, we're just working with our partners right now to finalize the, the white papers, and uh, we're looking for, forward to an opportunity to present it to the government uh, of Canada, uh, the results of this work. So that's all next week. All right, that sounds like a very busy week. <laughs> it uh... is. We're doing a march on Parliament Hill for <laughs> uh -huh. diseases. Uh, and then on Wednesday, uh, I, I have a number of the, a number of the rare disease organizations are on the Hill, uh, meeting with MPs and senators, uh, talking about uh, the, the the challenges facing rare diseases, how to access these new treatments, innovative treatments like uh, the um, the uh, RP sixty five new treatment that's uh, being considered by Health Canada, and and also uh, what. certainly uh, sounds like a, a busy week and uh, that would be we're pre-recording this so that would be the um, 16th the actually uh, actual glaucoma awareness week is it's March 8th to the to the uh, 14th oh yes that's right yeah. I'm ahead of myself yeah. <laughs> March 9th and 10th uh, is the conference uh, and then March 11th on the Hill advocating for uh, uh, access to innovative treatments for rare diseases such as the uh, diseases for, uh, that are causing blindness. Yes, okay. And um, I'm sure you'll have some uh, new additions to your website uh, once you've um, got the uh, white papers edited and, and that sort of thing? Yes, we'll be posting them up on the website. Uh, uh, the goal is to have them there for Wednesday. And the other piece is, uh, of course, I would encourage people to visit fightingblindness.ca uh, because we have quite a in-depth uh, pages on various eye diseases. Uh, one of them is glaucoma. And on the website, there is a uh, share your story. Uh, tell us what it's like living with glaucoma or any of the other uh, diseases. Uh, and we are collecting those stories so that we can tell, tell, talk about uh, to government, to decision makers, uh, the people that are deciding whether or not a new treatment would be available to Canadians and whether or not it would be publicly funded, just exactly what it means to be living with a blinding eye disease like glaucoma. Uh, what are the challenges? Uh, how do people perceive? Is there a stigma? Uh, is there, what's your, are you underemployed? Are you unemployed? Of course, we know with young people, it's three times higher unemployment rate for those living with uh, blinding eye disease. Um, so we want to we share those stories with the people that make decisions that impact your health care. And uh, we have that uh, share your story button on each of our disease information pages, including the glaucoma one. All right. And that's at fightingblindness.ca. Correct. Terrific. Is there anything else that uh, that we should be talking about? Uh, I would think uh, one one thing. 
thing I would encourage is if people do have questions, uh, we do have a health information line available uh, that, that you can call and uh, be able to uh, ask your questions, uh, get, the, get uh, some understanding of your treatment options, uh, and also uh, provide um, any, uh, seek any information or if there are clinical trials going on for the new treatments. Uh, we'd be very pleased to, uh, to answer those questions. Uh, and that number is 1-800-461-3331. So that's 1-800-461-3331. And we'd be happy as, through our health information officer to answer your questions. Yes, because after you've been diagnosed, you quite often don't think of all the questions that come to you later on. So that's a good thing to have. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the diagnosis is, what is the first step. And there's lots of information shared with your medical professional uh, and, and direction and treatment options. Uh, and and it, they may not be clear. Uh, may not, uh, you may not remember uh, just, just trying to mentally deal with the fact that you have this uh, blinding eye disease. So that's in part why we've created the, the fightingblindness.ca website with the, the disease information, and we've now launched a health information line where people can talk to, to one of our um, trained staff uh, to be able to answer their questions about the diagnosis, the treatment, uh, uh, what, what is coming up in research, uh, and uh, also uh, if you know what, what impact it has with your families. Uh, we're... Um, one of our scientific advisory board members, uh, Jani Wiggs, uh, she's a professor at Harvard. Uh, she's leading a consortium that uh, last month published uh, their findings uh, where they discovered 107 genes uh, linked to glaucoma. Wow. Yes. So research is uh, definitely opening the door to new discoveries. Uh, we don't uh, we don't understand what those genes are doing just yet. That's the next part of the of the work that Jannie's leading. It's a it's a worldwide effort, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we are looking at trying to um, uh, you know, trying to understand you know how the genes interplay. What are the proteins they're producing, uh, which are upregulating, downregulating. And uh, be able to, uh, you know, to, 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 to understand and hopefully identify targets for, for new treatment. Um, and also, if you're interested, on, on our website, uh, we've, we've uh, completed our 2019 grant competition. And one of the first, uh, the first we have a glaucoma grant that, uh, that we issued to Dr. Michael Walter at the University of Alberta who is uh, understanding uh, the, for the gene related to pigmentary uh, glaucoma. So now that we know these genes, we need to understand what, uh, what is happening. And uh, Dr. Walters was successful in uh, finding meritorious science. And, and also the other question we asked, you know, what is the likelihood that it will change treatments? Um, so this is the, uh, our glaucoma research that Fighting Blindness Canada is investing in. That's wonderful. It sounds like your website has lots of information for people to check out. Yes, I encourage people to, to check it out at fightingblindness.ca. Wonderful. 
and so uh, when we chat again uh, next year, hopefully uh, uh, you'll have some further developments to tell us all about. Absolutely. Thank research you so much. Is, research is just uh, uh, discovering, making many discoveries right now that, are, that is really just changing the landscape for, for what treatments could look like in the future. Definitely. It's exciting. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, giving us some of your time there, Doug, and all the best uh, on uh, Parliament Hill next week. Great. Thank you. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Doug Earle, who is Executive Director of Fighting Blindness Canada. And, and Bob, I guess the takeaway from that is that uh, people should make sure that they get their eye checkup every two years before they're age 65 and uh, get it whenever it's uh, recommended afterwards because we don't want uh, the uh, silent thief of sight to um, get the upper hand. Well, of course, and you know what? It's also good to have a regular visit to your family doctor. I would highly recommend that. Yeah. So I guess by now most people have heard of AMI, which is Accessible Media Incorporated. And they have an audio division and they have a TV. Uh, the uh, TV uh, is uh, a programming that is fully described and so therefore fully accessible. And the audio portion has really interesting shows like uh, now with Dave Brown and uh, Kelly and Company and The Pulse and uh, one that I really like, uh, Double Tap Canada, which is all about uh, technology and uh, the app show. And it has all sorts of interesting shows. Anyway, uh, they're going to be uh, on the road for the next uh, for two weekends in March. On uh, Friday the 13th, 14th, and, uh, well, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday the 13th, 14th, and 15th, they're going to be out in Surrey, B.C., so that they can cover a goal ball tournament. What was that? Goal ball. Okay. And uh, so I had a chat with Jeff Ryman. Now, Jeff is a producer at AMI. But I swear he's also the resident sports guru there and because uh, he knows everything there is to know about uh, sports. And so he will explain the goalball tournament. And then on the 27th, 28th, and 29th, they're going to be having a guy uh, covering a, a blind hockey tournament oh, yes. at the old uh, Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto. And one of our favorite sons here, Wyatt Harvey, is uh, very often on their uh, team. So hopefully he'll be there. Uh, he was there last year, and hopefully he'll be there this year. But here's my chat that I had with uh, Jeff Ryman from uh, AMI, Accessible Media Incorporated. During the next couple of weeks, Accessible Media Incorporated is going to be covering both a goalball tournament and a blind hockey tournament. And I've been lucky enough to get an interview with 
Jeff Ryman from AMI. He is a producer there, but you're also as a I would call you as a sports guru, aren't you, Jeff? <laughs> I guess that's what you could call me. Yeah, I do sports on multiple shows. Sports is definitely my passion, and I know, especially on Kelly and Company, we get a crack out of that, trying to bring in sports, basically whatever we can, to uh, Remy's demise. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I, I listen almost every day to the show and get a kick out of it. So first of all, <clears throat> the, the one that's coming up first is the goalball tournament. For those who aren't familiar with goalball, can you give us a little bit of an explanation of what it is? Absolutely. So it's uh, it's a game that was actually designed after the Second World War for people who were blind or partially sighted. Um, and it's three on three, and there's one big net. Uh, there's two 12-minute halves and a three-minute intermission, and you just have a ball, and you try to roll it, uh, as hard, as fast as, as you can to the other side and try to score in the net. Now, everybody who uh, takes place or takes part in the provincial or uh, higher level than that uh, all has to be um, a B1, 2, or 3 level athlete, uh, which is just various degrees of, uh, of having your blinder partially sightedness. And uh, so it's three on three, and everybody is blindfolded just to level the playing field. Uh, and three players per side with one big net. And like I said, you just have a huge ball that's about three pounds, so it's actually pretty heavy. And uh, one player will roll one ball to one side and try to score, while the other three players just try to simply block the ball from going in their own net. And then once the uh, ball comes to a dead stop, the team that made the stop gets to roll the ball back and so on and so forth. So um, you're basically trying to stop the ball from going in uh, your own net. I tried to stop one with the tip of my nose one day. Oh. Yeah, it gets, <laughs> honestly, it gets pretty aggressive. And I was reading that the, uh, the top athletes in the world can actually hurl the ball up to 60 kilometers an hour. So uh, if you put into account that the ball is around three pounds and it's coming at 60 kilometers an hour, it can actually do quite some damage Oof. to you. Yeah. And when you put a blindfold on, it tends to minimize or reduce your facial vision, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. All the athletes uh, have basically the same vision with the blindfold on. You basically just have to use all your uh, senses in, in terms of feel for the ball whenever it's stopped, and you also have to listen. So that's another key thing is that the crowd has to be quiet. You can actually get a penalty being too loud. You have coaches on the sideline. Um, they have to be pretty much dead silent. So everybody in, in attendance at a goal ball game has to be very quiet because listening is obviously one of the big things when you're playing goal ball. And this ball has uh, bells inside it, doesn't it? Yep, absolutely. And uh, so it has a couple of bells so you can hear it. It bounces, it jingles. Uh, it, it's a pretty big uh, ball so you can hear it quite well. Um, but like I said, it's pretty heavy, so you, it, it hurts if, if, if you get hit with it, yes. but uh, that's just part of the game, and I feel like whenever you're in, in a game like that, the adrenaline sort of takes over, and you sort of forget about how big this, this ball is, but uh, it, it's definitely worth it because it's a fun sport to play. Where is this tournament going to be taking place? Well, it's going to be taking place in Surrey, B.C., which is just south of Vancouver, about half an hour south of Vancouver, 
Um, it's going to be taking place at a local community center out there. And uh, AMI is, is lucky to uh, broadcast this. And this is going to be the first time that AMI Audio has broadcasted such a tournament. Uh, it's called the Goldball Brand Slam. Um, and it's going to be taking place next Friday. So that'll be Friday, March the 13th. And AMI is going to be there from 3 o'clock in the afternoon to 8 o'clock Eastern time. So that would be 12 out in Vancouver uh, until about 5 or so uh, Pacific time. So we're going to be there for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we're obviously going to be broadcasting the majority of the games. And, of course, we're going to be broadcasting the uh, gold and bronze and silver medal games as well. Now, is this uh, national? Um, this is, it's sort of just, uh, I don't know if you consider it national, but there are some international teams that are coming. Uh-huh. Um, so you're going to have some teams from Europe, you're going to have some teams from here in Canada, as well as uh, the United States. Cool. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't say it's a national tournament, but it kind of has like a bit of an international flair to it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's yeah. great. And can you give us any kind of a preview of the broadcast schedule? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, Friday is from 3 till 8 Eastern time on AMI-audio. Saturday, we'll be broadcasting from 4 until 10.30 Eastern time. And then Sunday, we'll have the metal games from 1 till 3 o'clock Eastern time. So uh, we're doing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we'll have pretty extensive coverage of uh, basically all of the games that are going on over the course of the weekend. That is very exciting. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And now I know that here in the Peterborough area, Kojiko Channel 596 is where you can get AMI audio. And is this going to be televised at all, Jeff? No, we're not televising this event uh, this year. Um, we're, we're just doing it on the audio side of things, but we're, we're having TV in, in the blind hockey, which I'm sure we'll get to in just a bit, which is pretty exciting news for us here at, at AMI, and obviously for everybody who's a fan of blind hockey across Canada. Yeah, definitely. So Channel 596 is where you want to get it if you're a Kojiko cable uh, subscriber. Uh, do you know off the top of your head where we can find uh, the channels for, say, if we have uh, Bell or or whatever? I don't know the channels in, in your in your region off by heart, but if you just go to AMI, we uh, have a, a schedule finder. So if you you can type in um, where you live and what type of service provider you do have, and it'll tell you exactly where AMI Audio, AMI Tele, and AMI TV stations would be located on your cable box. All right. <clears throat> so that's on the 13th, 14th, and 15th of March. And then on the, I believe it's the 27th, is it, the blind hockey tournament? You got it. Now, I was very excited about that last year, and I really, really enjoyed it. And it was only on the uh, audio portion of AMI then and I should mention that last year um, we had uh, one of Peterborough's favorite sons, Wyatt Harvey, on the team. So maybe he'll be there again this year. So how does that work, um, Jeff? When is, is that going to uh, uh, take place and that sort of thing? It's going to be taking place, like you said, 
Friday, March 27th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And this is all going down at the uh, old Maple Leaf Gardens, which is now called the Madame Athletic Center, where Ryerson University plays all of their games. Uh, so a pretty historic building. So if you can make your way down, it is pretty fascinating because they still have a lot of the memorabilia left over from old Maple Leaf Gardens, which has so much history in it. I mean, Elvis Presley's played there. The Beatles have played there. Obviously, the Toronto Maple Leafs and a bunch of other uh, prominent sports um, icons from uh, across uh, across uh, Canada and North America have, have, have been there as well. Um, but, yeah, this one is going to be from 11 till 2 Eastern on Friday, March 27th. We're also going to be broadcasting both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday is from 12 until 3 Eastern, and then Sunday is 10 to around 2 Eastern time. Now, these are all time. Um, it, it, it sort of just depends on when the games end. Typically, a blind hockey game is around an hour after all three periods. So uh, it just sort of depends on when these games end is when our broadcast will end. But um, it, it's a fun sport to come out and watch. It'll be my fourth year attending the national championship here in Toronto, and it has grown tremendously over the course of those years. And I think a lot of people who aren't familiar with blind hockey, when they come out, they don't really have many expectations, if not low expectations. And when they come out and they watch all these, all these, uh, all these kids and even adults compete, it's uh, pretty special. I mean, it's fast hockey, and it's really fun to watch. And like I said, I totally recommend if you're within the Toronto area, even if you're in Peterborough, uh, it's not that far of a drive, probably about an hour and a half guys mm-hmm. on a good day. Yeah. And if you can just come down and check out Maple Leaf, old Maple Leaf Gardens, it's a, it's a fun time, I'm telling you that. Yeah, that definitely would be fun. <clears throat> and for those who are there who do attend, uh, can they hear the play-by-play as well, or should they bring along uh, uh, their phone or something like that? I'd recommend bringing a phone with some earphones. You can connect to their Wi-Fi at the facility and just type in ami.ca slash listen live. We'll have our play-by-play feed going there. Um, but uh, we're going to be just broadcasting at the top. It's kind of hard to miss us. We've got banners and a, a lot of technical equipment. Uh, we love having visitors, so if you're in, in, in the area and you want to come and say hi to us, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to, to come say hi to you as well. So... Uh, like I said, if you're there, it, it's totally fun, and I'd recommend bringing a pair of uh, headphones just to uh, listen into the play-by-play. And is this going to have an international flavor to it as well, Jeff? A, a, a little bit, a little bit. So we're starting to see blind hockey really develop over the course of the world. And uh, in the past, we've had a couple of players from the U.K. who have come over independently, not necessarily with their with a respective team from their country. Uh, team USA has come up in the past, and I expect they'll be there again this year. It'll be Team Canada, obviously, will we'll be there, and, and a bunch of uh, representatives from their local blind hockey organizations right across Canada should be at this tournament as well. Uh, and we're also starting to see a couple of other uh, countries develop blind hockey. I think Finland is one of the new ones. Russia is starting to get on board, and I believe Sweden as well is really starting to get on board with some 
uh, blind hockey. Now, even, I believe, Australia might even be into oh. blind hockey of all places. <laughs> so it's really starting to pop up all over the world. I'm just not sure how many of those players will be at this tournament, but we have seen in the past where uh, there is a bunch of international players just independently coming over to uh, get, get a good mix of uh, North American hockey. Cool. That is really good. And it's also going to be on television this time. Yes, we're super excited for that. So the gold medal game on Sunday will be the only game that AMI-TV will broadcast. So AMI-audio is going to do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well as the gold medal game. But TV will only be that gold medal game on the, on the Sunday. So this is a first for us. It's going to be pretty special. We've been playing this for quite some time. Um, so this is going to be something you can obviously watch on, on TV, which uh, a lot of our fans have been asking for, and we've been thinking about this for the past couple of years, so now it's finally coming to fruition, and we're going to have uh, legendary broadcaster Jim Van Horn and uh, Nico Carterelli, who's been the voice of blind hockey for quite some time, doing the play-by-play and color, so it should be a pretty fun broadcast to check out on TV. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. That's great. And here in the Peterborough area, it's uh, channel 555 on the Kojiko um, cable. Uh, and you'll have to check out uh, what Bell is and that sort of thing. That's great, Jeff. Uh, is there anything else that I should um, be asking? Um, I don't think so. I think you've pretty much covered like the who, what, where, when, why. Um, I, I think that's basically all that I have written down and need to get out. We touched on the TV stuff, which is good as well. Um, no, I, I think that was pretty good. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Jeff, and giving us such a good insight into both the goal ball, which will take, the tournament will take place on the 13th, 14th, and 15th of March, and then the, the uh, blind hockey, which will be the uh, 27th, 28th, and 29th. Thanks so much for doing with us uh, this with us, Jeff. Absolutely, no problem. Have a good one. All right, and that was uh, Jeff Ryman, who is a producer and the local sports guru of uh, AMI, Accessible Media Incorporated. Um, I, uh, there's quite a, a lengthy list of where you can get uh, the various uh, AMI-audio and AMI-TV. Uh, and if you want it, if you want the, the full list, you can uh, email me at uh, insightpeterborough at gmail.com, and I'll send it to you, but it's too long to read here. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I can tell you from firsthand experience that it'll be fun. I did not go down to Toronto, but I sure uh, listened to it on the radio and uh and uh, on for the gold medal game on the Sunday for the uh, blind hockey tournament, it'll be even more fun for those who want to watch it on AMI-TV. And then, of course, the, the gold ball tournament, <laughs> uh, which uh, will take place on the 13th, 14th, and 15th of March. And uh, I'll be um, concerned for all the noses 
uh, of the players there because I know what it's like to take a goal ball off the tip of my nose. Oh, no. That was not that was the f- most fun that I had, but I but I did enjoy getting to find out uh, what goal ball is all about. All right. Um, our next interview, we're going to have three today, is about uh, a device or an app. You can get it either way. And if you take more than one medication, now this will really come in handy for you. It'll make things a whole lot easier and a whole lot safer. I know I intend to do something about it very shortly. And it's called Scrip Talk, S-C-R-I-P, capital T-A-L-K, all one word. And uh, I had the opportunity to speak with Jenna Reed from Envision America in Florida, where it's made, and uh, Jim Johnston, who is the vice president of uh, pharmacy, uh, in-store pharmacy uh, for Sobeys Canada. And uh, so here is... Our interview that uh, that we did with uh, with Jenna and Jim. So I'm very excited to have this uh, chat because we've waited uh, a long time for something like this to come to Canada, and it's called Scrip Talk, and I'm going to spell that, capital S C R I P, capital T A L K, and. Uh, that will this will make uh, those of us who have to take more than one medication a whole lot more independent and a whole lot safer than we used to be. And to chat with us, we've got Jenna Reed, uh, who is uh, in the marketing department with Envision America in Palmetto, Florida. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Jenna. It's great to be here. Nice to chat with you, and we also have Jim Johnston, who is uh, Vice President of uh, In-Store Pharmacy with Sobeys Canada. Hi there, Jim. How are you? I am well. Thanks for having me, Devin. Nice to chat with both of you. All right. First of all, maybe we should find out from the uh, uh, experts just what script talk is. Yes, and should I be asking you, Jenna? Um, sure, sure. Our company was established a little over 20 years ago, and we started with our ID Make Galaxy, which is a talking barcode scanner. And we quickly realized that while that can help you in the kitchen, it's not going to help you with your medication. So the family that founded the company, Dave Restricts, and his father, Phil, Bill had some brothers who had visual impairments, and they used to play poker together. And someone would have to whisper in one of the brothers' ears, you know, what the cards were. One could read Braille, and the other one could not. And that's when Dave and his father started getting the inspiration behind founding the company and um, becoming, you know, big in the U.S. and offering assistive technology. So from the barcode scanner, we quickly evolved into script talk, which is 
It's also a partnership with Sobeys, of course, which we'll talk about. But basically, it allows someone, particularly someone with a visual impairment, who's taking multiple medications, to make sure that they're taking the correct pill at the correct dosage. Because if you can't see to read the medication labels, it's scary. You know, I heard from one gentleman who said he was putting pill bottles in uh, different drawers of his toolbox and memorizing what was in each drawer. And that scares me. So I'm really glad to be a part of this company. We started in um, with the Veterans Administration, and then we branched out throughout the U.S. And now we're working with Sobeys and Empire in Canada, and we're thrilled. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Now, is this uh, is Script Talk a, a product that an actual tangible uh, machine? Um, what it is is we work with pharmacies. We partner with pharmacies, and we provide them the technology so that they can take all your medication information and they put it on a little electronic tag, an RFID tag. And that goes on the bottom of the pill bottle, and that has all your medication information in it. And the best part of it is this is free for the patient. There's no cost whatsoever, excuse me, whatsoever for patients. So once you have your medication that you get right at the pharmacy counter, you can take it home and you can use your phone, your mobile cell phone, to access all this information. There's an Android app and an Apple app. You can download each one whichever your phone you have, and then you just turn the app on, you click the scan button, and it's going to read out loud, you know, all those warnings, the doctor's name, the dosage, the medication name, all of that important information is now right in the palm of your hand. So you don't have to rely on anyone to help you take your medication. Uh, Jim, did it uh, take quite a while to negotiate this and uh, get this into Canada? You know, we've been, it's taken us a little while, Devin. We, we started by putting this device in, or this technology into a few of our stores um, and quickly discovered that, you know what, we need to make this available everywhere. And so it took us a while. We have over 400 locations across Canada, and we wanted to get it into all of our stores. And so just to, the logistics of getting it out there, getting uh, the programming done and getting our staff trained took a little bit of time. Uh, but we're ready now. We've got it in every one of our stores. Um, uh, a patient can come into any one of our banners uh, and get their prescription filled just like anybody else. There's, no, there's not a longer wait time. Um, there's no extra cost. And so it, it, we felt that we wanted the service to be available um, equally as accessible uh, as just a regular vial um, or medication to be filled. So uh, the one piece I would say that can add some time, Jenna's mentioned that you can read the label uh, with an Android or an iPhone app, but if someone doesn't have a phone or isn't comfortable using a, a smartphone, there is a device that we can get as well so that people can have it read to them. This, this Script Talk reader device we can provide through um, our partnership with Envision America, and that, again, that device is free for the patient. Uh, but that may take a little while for us to get to the patient the first time. I'm not sure, Jen, if you can add any more details on how long that takes, but um, it's a, we provide that on loan to the patient to use as long as they need it. Thanks, Jen. Basically, we get the form.
form from the pharmacist. When a patient goes in to sign up for it, that form is then faxed or electronically sent over to us. And as soon as we receive it, we process it as quickly as possible. So basically, the time the patient is waiting is simply the shipping time for us to get, come from Florida to their location in Canada. And then once they have it, they're welcome to keep it as long as they need it, as long as, you know, they're, they're taking their medications. And then whenever they're done, all we ask is that they send it back to us so that we can then pass it on to the next patient. But it's a really simple device. It's like the size of a message machine or maybe like a CD, old CD player. Uh, it's got three buttons on the top. You've got two triangle buttons and a middle oval button, which is the read button. And then on the side or the lip of it is a little wheel, and you spin that to turn it on, and then you can turn up the volume. And say you want it to talk faster, you can simply program it to talk faster or slower. Um, it comes with batteries, or you can plug it in as well. So it's a great it's a great device, you know, it's great to keep on your kitchen counter or wherever you commonly take your medication. All right, that's terrific. Now, uh, Jim, you, you were saying um, that you, you have it at, at Sobeys, uh, but there are other stores where you can get the, the uh, script talk, is that right? You can use it? That's right, Devin. We, we have pharmacies under the Sobeys banner, Freshco, uh, Safeway, Lawton, Thrifty Foods, Foodland. Uh, so we've got several different banners that we operate across Canada, and uh, it's available in every one of our pharmacies uh, despite the banner. So um, just depending where an individual lives, um, they, can, they can find it, whichever of our banners that we operate under. I know we have fresh go. Sorry, Jenna, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say it's more than 400 locations, isn't it, Jim? It is, yeah. We're about 425 locations. Today we operate um, in nine provinces. We don't have any pharmacies in Quebec, um, but any of our pharmacies in the other provinces have this available for them. So Script Talk only speaks English, does it, so far? <laughs> uh, no, it does speak other languages. Wow. Uh, the caveat to that is that the pharmacist needs to be uh, able to speak that language because the pharmacist is programming it. So. It does speak French. Uh, in some of our communities where we have more French-speaking um, people, we, we absolutely do our best to have French-speaking pharmacists, and they can definitely offer it in that language. Um, we, we have the capability right now to do a few other languages as well, but again, it depends on the pharmacist being able to speak that language. All right, that's terrific. Well, I know we have uh, Freshco here in Peterborough, and we also have uh, Sobeys as well, so I, I'm uh, going to uh, be toddling off to our Sobeys uh, pharmacy, I think, and to see if I can uh, get that um, organized for myself. That's great, Devin. I know Alan's our pharmacy manager in the uh, Peterborough Sobeys, and uh, he'd be happy to uh, to show you the device. Any one of our stores would be happy to, sh to give someone a demonstration. Um, and, and I think that it's important to remember too that we, you know, we're not able to just put this on your vials. If someone's using an inhaler or a tube of cream or anything. We can put these labels on and make it easier for them. So 
Um, we can we can demonstrate it to someone uh, at the store, and we'd be happy to show it to you. All right, that's great. Is there anything else that I've uh, that I've forgotten to ask uh, either of you? Maybe one thing that I might add is if someone would like to find a location near them, I mean, most chances you're going to know, you know, who you have around you. But we can also help you, too, or if you have any questions about the device, just give us a call at Envision America at 1-800-890-1180, and we're happy to connect you with the pharmacy near you and help facilitate that if we can. Um, also, you can envision you can visit us at envisionamerica.com. That's E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N, America.com. We're happy to help. Yeah, you're you're a great company. I I have the ID Mate Quest here, and now I'm going to have uh, Script Talk. So I, I'm really uh, uh, very uh, grateful for uh, what you folks do. Uh, how about you, Jim? Is there anything else that I should be asking you no i think we've covered most of it uh off you know we're we're excited about this opportunity we feel that there is a lot of um safety benefits that come from it accessibility makes just makes things easier and uh like i said there's no extra charge and no extra time we can we can program these um you know as you wait in the store um, if you are looking for a Sobeys or a Safeway or a Freshco, um, unfortunately, it's not as simple as one website or phone number like Jenna had because we do operate websites for Safeway Pharmacy or Sobeys Pharmacy or Freshco Pharmacy, um, but any of those websites will find um, uh, more information as well as to our locations. So uh, sobeyspharmacy.com, as an example, will give locations for all of our Sobeys pharmacies uh, across Canada, and, and that would be a way to, to find it. So um, we look forward to seeing people and answering questions and, and giving you a demonstration of the device. I say, for example, um, if uh, someone was, was with another pharmacist uh, in another drugstore, uh, do do you look after changing the uh, transferring the prescriptions to one of your stores, uh, Jim? Does someone in the manager in uh, the local store do that? Yes, the pharmacist is uh, is able to take care of that for you, and uh, with the exception of a few medication and prescriptions, it's very easy for us to do. But the pharmacist would be happy to help anyone with that, and and can help walk uh, walk through it with, with an individual. So um, very easy to do, and we, we will take care of that. And it would be up to the uh, individual to decide whether they want to go the uh, route of the app, uh, either Android or iPhone or the, uh, the actual machine itself, right? That's correct. It's completely the patient's choice, and uh, we will help facilitate the, the device uh, from Envision America if that is what the patient uh, chooses, but we, we are happy to support either one. All right. Well, thank you both for being with us and discussing this with us. I'm really excited about it. And what, and what I'm going to do 
when I do go to the Sobeys store, and they are there are two in town, from what I understand, so I have to find out where Alan is. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to maybe record the demonstration that he does with me, and uh, and maybe we'll play it here. Who knows? So the other thing I wanted to mention: there's still time to register for the podcasting for people with disabilities, which is taking place tomorrow night. It is $20, and it runs from 6 to 9 tomorrow night. That's uh, Tuesday, uh, March uh, 10th. And uh, so all you'd have to do to register for that is send an email to info at ptbopodcasters.net. Info at ptbopodcasters.net and uh, the actual uh, workshop that Aisha Barmania and I will be doing uh, is taking place at Venture North from 6 to 9 tomorrow night. Well, Bob, I I guess that's about it, eh? That is it. Yeah. Do we have any time to uh, listen to uh, a clarinet and flute duet? I think that we had better listen to the music as we depart. All right, then. Have a good week, folks. Talk soon. Have a good one.